Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Let's pray for this offering this morning so the Lord would, would bless it. Lord Jesus, we come before you, Lord. And we ask you like all you always have, Lord, the way you've always blessed us, Lord, that you would continue, Lord, to have your hand upon this offering, my God. That you would receive it, my God, that you would recompense unto the cheerful giver, Lord, according to as much they have given, Lord, out of the faithfulness of their heart and their mind, my God. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name, Lord, we thank you, my God. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. Let's, let's also pray for this service, for this morning, because the Lord is here with us this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. His presence is here. Let's pray so the Lord would do whatever He wants to do, that He would move in a way that He only wants to move. Praise God. Let's pray in one mind and one accord as a family. Lord Jesus, we come before you, my God. We know your presence is here, Lord, for we can sense you, my God. And we ask you, Lord, that the word that he have instilled into your pastor, my God, into the angel of the church of Philadelphia, my God, that you would speak to him, Lord, that you would quicken scripture to his mind, Lord, that he have laid upon his heart, Lord, that the breakfast, that the manna that he have prepared for your people, Lord, would go forth with power and virtue, Lord, and would change lives this morning, my God, that you would walk in the midst of us, Lord, and that you would touch our forehead and anoint us, my God, with your awesome presence, my Lord, but let your will be done most of all, my God, in the midst of us. In your precious name we pray, and we thank you, Lord, for we cannot ever pay you back, my God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. appreciate the testimony. We thank God for what he's doing in uh, Brother, uh, Brother Eloy and his family's life. Amen. We thank God for that. Amen. That's just awesome. I think I would rather work for the railroad than the city of Odessa any day. That's pretty good. Amen. But God knows what's best, and He blesses His people that are faithful to Him. He's always faithful to us. Amen. Uh, we grieve, though, with this family. Here, let's continue to pray for them. We've heard the loss of their son this morning. That's, that must be a very, very tragic experience to wake up to. So let's continue to pray for them. Remember tonight at 5 o'clock, uh, the uh, New Life class will be taught on prayer. Amen. At 5 and then 6 o'clock, Bible codes and also the nation of Israel will be dealt, dealt with prophetically in the videos. And you will be blessed by that. Amen. Praise God. We'll let the children go to their class at this time. The adults will turn with me to Leviticus, the book of Leviticus. In the 10th chapter of Leviticus this morning. Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. God bless you for being here today. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Brother Mark, if you'll come up here, help me. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Leviticus chapter 10 and in verse 1. If you have it, say amen. <clears throat> Thank God for His presence this morning. Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 1. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. There went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. 
Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Read this verse with me, please. Verse 3 together. Let's read it together. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, and the sons of Azazel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron, and to Eliezer, and unto Ithamar, his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest you die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And they did according to the word of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee. When you go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest you die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations. And that you may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. Read that with me if you would, please. And that you may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean. That you may teach the children of Israel all the statues which the Lord has spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. And Moses spake unto Aaron and to Eliezer, and unto Ithmar, Ithamar, his sons that were left, Take the meat offering that remaineth of the offerings of the Lord made by fire, and eat it without leaven beside the altar, for it is most holy. You shall eat it in the holy place, because it is thy due, and thy sons due, of the sacrifices of the Lord made by fire, for so I am commanded. And the way bread shall ye eat in a clean place, thou and thy sons and thy daughters with thee. For they be thy due, and thy sons due, which are given out of the sacrifices of peace offerings of the children of Israel. The heaved shoulder and the wave breast shall they bring with the offerings by fire of the fat to wave it for a wave offering before the Lord. And, that shall be, and it shall be thine and thy sons with thee by a statute forever, as the Lord hath commanded. And Moses diligently sought the goat of the sin offering. Behold, it was burnt. And he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, which were left alive, saying, Wherefore have ye not eaten the sin offering in the holy place, seeing it is most holy? And God hath given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make atonement for them before the Lord. Behold, the blood of it was not brought in within the holy place. You should indeed have eaten it in the holy place, as I commanded. And Aaron said unto Moses, Behold, this day have they offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering today, should it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? And when, Aaron, when Moses heard that, he was content. 
Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now for your holy word. We ask God that you would speak to each one of us through it. Dear God, we stand in your holy presence today. We ask, first of all, God, that the blood be applied to our minds, our souls, our spirits would be washed and be cleansed before you. Dear God, we stand in your awesome holy presence. Dear God, we thank you for the blood that enables us to approach you, God, today. We ask, God, that your prevailing love would move among us this morning. In Jesus' name, God, that you would speak to us through this word today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say, in Jesus' name. You may be seated. This, in the word of the Lord, is a very, very solemn occasion in God's word. Last week we talked about the high priest. We talked about all of his garments and everything that went uh, into uh, the garments of the high priest and his uh, worship before God as the high priest. Of course, we talked about sacrifices needed for a sinner, but high priest is needed for somebody who needs intercession. And so we have both of those found in the Lord Jesus Christ. He is my sacrifice. He is my high priest this morning to intercede for me. Amen. We move on from there, though, and we see that after... Uh, the garments were placed upon him that he was anointed if you read there in the ninth chapter we see that the sacrifices are made uh, for their consecration the consecration of the priesthood so that all the proper sacrifices have been offered here on this altar and God is very very pleased by that and we see him answering in verse 24 of chapter 9 the Bible says this and there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. So that what we have here is, uh, as you read these chapters here, the consecration of the priests, they were anointed, they had the blood applied to their lives, they were basically set apart for the work of God, and they had done everything that God had told them to do, they offered the proper sacrifices, and here they lay this sacrifice on this altar, and God comes with His fire from His presence, from the Shekinah glory cloud right here. He sends the fire out from there, and he consumes that sacrifice. It catches on fire. It is a picture of his approval uh, of, of the people and the way that they worshipped him, the way that they had come before him, the way they had sacrificed. They had done it exactly according to the word of the Lord. And as a result of that, all the people started shouting. I mean, they were happy. They were rejoicing because they saw the fire of God coming down there and accepting their sacrifice and approving it. So, I mean, you can imagine also if you brought your sacrifices uh, for your sins and whatnot, and all of a sudden God accepted them and you walked out forgiven, a cleansed people, an atoned people, and you were in a right relationship with God, and you knew that because you saw the fire of God come down in that place and consume that sacrifice. So you would have left that, that, that same day with rejoicing and shouting and victory. You would have fallen on your face and given thanks unto God for what He had done. I mean, you would have been so happy and so uh, victorious and so celebrative. And, you know, everything would have been so wonderful that day. Shortly after the fire fell and they were rejoicing and shouting, the next chapter takes place. Another fire comes out from the presence of the Lord. Now, in case today that we have a tendency to look at the Old Testament, and we, have, we look at it and we say, well, that's the God of the Old Testament, and we don't think that the God of the Old Testament is like 
uh, he, you know, in the New Testament that he's like the God of the Old Testament. In case we don't believe that Jesus is, thinks about things the way he, God thought about him in the Old Testament, we need to look in Acts chapter 5 sometime. And uh, the Bible tells me that on the day of Pentecost, what happened? The Spirit of God fell, the fire of God, cloven tongues like as a fire set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. And I mean, there was awesome celebration and rejoicing, and the power of God had fallen, and the fire of God had fallen, and all these people witnessed it, started gathering around and saw the power of God as these people were filled with the Spirit of the Lord at the beginning of the church age. But shortly after that, in the fifth chapter, only three chapters later, another fire from God falls, and it falls upon Ananias and Sapphira. And they are slain in the sanctuary. They are killed in the sanctuary in the New Testament. Say New Testament. This is going to show us and reveal to us how holy God is. Say He's holy. Now, the Bible tells us that fire fell right in the New Testament, and it fell during the time of the dispensation of grace, just as it fell right here. So we had the fire of approval of God in Acts 2, but then we have the fire of the disapproval of God. And here in this chapter, I read to you that Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, say the sons of Aaron. They are the sons of Aaron, the high priest. They are priests unto God. They have been anointed. They have had the blood applied to their lives. They have been consecrated. They have been commissioned to do a work for God. So these are children of God, and they are in the service of God that we are reading about right here. How many of y'all have been filled with the Holy Ghost? How many of y'all had the blood of Jesus applied to your life, water baptism in His name? How many of y'all repented of your sins and then baptized in the name of the Lord and then be filled with the Holy Ghost? How many of y'all experienced that experience? And you've been commissioned, you've been cleansed, you've been anointed and everything else, and you are a child of God. Something to be excited about, right? And it is something to be excited about, but I want to show you today in this chapter that God's judgment will fall upon all false worship. All false worship. You see, we have a concept today in Christendom, anyway, anyhow, anywhere. Are you with me? That it doesn't matter how we live. We're the children of God. We're the people of God. We've been anointed, filled with the Holy Ghost. We've spoken in tongues. We've got the fire of God in our lives. We're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. So it doesn't matter how we approach God, and it doesn't matter how we live, and it doesn't matter how we worship, anyhow, anyway, anywhere. That is a concept that is dangerous. And it is a concept that the majority of Christendom, and, and we ourselves, if we are not careful, can find ourselves uh, moving into, where well, we think anywhere, anyhow, uh, God, it just doesn't matter. But it does matter to God, because God is a holy God. This whole, this whole book is about the holiness of God, praise the Lord. And it's a miracle today that maybe you and I are not dead. And I'm talking about after being redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It's a miracle that some of us are not dead. 
because God in His holiness, I'm sure there are times when we came before the Lord anyhow, any way, and anywhere, and thought everything was okay, and it wasn't. Are you here today? John 4, 24, Brother Mark's going to read this to us if we can listen today to this word. Is that the first one I gave you, brother? Okay, John 4, 24. Here's what the Lord says in the New Testament about worship. About worship. Go ahead, brother. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And they that worship him. And they that worship him. Must worship him. Must worship him. In spirit. In spirit. And in truth. And in truth. That means when you come before the Lord, it's spirit. You're anointed. You've got the Spirit of God in you. You come in there and you worship with your spirit, with your emotions. Amen. But it's not just coming to the presence of the Lord and just worshiping with your spirit and putting your emotions and, and everything into it. You've got to worship Him in spirit and in truth. That means that my worship has to be backed up with my life. It has to be backed up with my life. I can't just go to church and throw my hands up after living in sin all week long and living, uh, you know, for the devil all week long and come in the house of God and throw my hands up and start speaking in tongues and worship God and then leave and think everything's okay and go out the next week and live in sin and live like the devil. God said they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You've got to worship Him the Bible way and you've got to worship Him with truth in your heart. You've got to be a truthful person. You've got to be a sincere person. There's got to be a true devotion and a true holiness in your life in order to worship God. Are you here today? Now, there are a lot of things that a lot of people call that call worship today. But God doesn't accept it. It is false worship. They go through rituals. They go through ceremonies. They, they, they do this. They do that. And just because they're going through all these rituals does not mean that God's blessing is on it. In fact, I believe that His judgment is upon it. If you read Revelation 17 about the false church, you'll see that. So this chapter is dealing with false worship. But here, what I want to take you to is further than just religious flesh. I want you to understand that this goes beyond just religious people. This goes into, this shows us people who have been anointed, cleansed by the blood, consecrated, and commissioned as priests of God. Say they are the sons. Which means they were born right. See, we, we can be born right. Amen. Say with me, born right. We can even be called by God. We can be commissioned by God. We can be anointed by God, but yet still be under the judgment of God. Now, as I preach to the, preach you this today, I want you first to know this, that I have personally applied this to my life first. That I am not coming down and I'm not preaching down to you. After I got through with this message yesterday, studying and preparing for it, I got up and I started praying and asking God to help me. And the, and the presence of God fell upon me. And there was an anointing that came all over me. And I felt the fire of God come on my life. I've already examined my own life. And the fire of God has already come upon me. He has cleansed me. Are you with me? So I'm not preaching down to you. I've already seriously looked at this in my own life. All right? I've got a fear of God. I fear the Lord today. 
He is my God. He is my Savior. He loves me. I love Him, but I have a fear for God. And I've already examined my own heart today. Are you with me today? So I am not preaching down to you when I preach you this message. But I am trying to get us to understand the sincerity, the uh, seriousness of walking with God and living for God and calling yourself a child of God, being born in the kingdom of God. It's a very serious thing to say I'm a child of God. It's a very serious thing to say that I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. It's a very serious thing to have the blood applied to your life. It's a very serious thing to walk out into a world and claim to represent Christ Jesus. It's very, very very serious and so the Bible says that in Abed and Abihu the sons of Aaron took either of them his censer put fire therein put incense therein and offered strange fire unto God now what was that Leviticus 16 the Bible says that the priests were to go right here and get fire off the altar where God had consumed the sacrifice are you with me but evidently, because the Bible calls this fire that they bring before God uh, in the sanctuary strange fire, it is evident that they kindled their own fire. Somebody help me today. Say, we'll worship. We'll worship. W-I-L-L. We'll worship. Which means this. I will worship God my way. I'll do it my way instead of doing it God's way. How many of y'all believe God has a way? Do you believe that God has a way that He's already told us in the Word how to approach Him and how to worship Him? Most part today, people, when they come to go to church, they're going to worship God the way they want to. Okay? So we're going to see in this Word today that we can't worship God the way that we want to. We have to worship God according to His Word. Oh, man. <laughs> Somebody help me, would you? Would y'all would go in those classrooms and, and ask those teachers if they need any help? If they don't need help, please, somebody get everybody back in this place this morning. We need everybody in this service this morning. I, in fact, I even almost had the teachers stay in here. We need to have everybody in here to hear the word of the Lord. This is too important, and this is too, too serious. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Thank you for doing that. Just ask him nicely. Okay. <clears throat> Bible says this. They offered strange fire unto the Lord. So they did will worship. They did not do it according to the word of God. They ignored the word of the Lord. You, we cannot ignore the word of the Lord. We've got to do it his way. Amen. Now, it's possible also, if you read in these verses, that they were drunk when they worshiped, when they brought this fire. So when they brought this fire, it could have been that they just, they got it off the altar and it was the right fire, but it could be that they were drunk when they came into the presence of the Lord. Somebody say, praise God. Because God goes on and tells them, He makes a statue, He makes a command. He says, don't let anybody come into the presence of the Lord who have, are drunk. Because if they do, they're going to die. Alright? Somebody say, praise the Lord. Amen. Now, the scripture tells us what happens. They bring strange fire before the Lord, which, is commanded, which He commanded them not. And there went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. See in the Word of God, every first, say first, every first sin that is committed 
against God that is a serious offense to him is always met with immediate judgment. Why was Ananias and Sapphira allowed to be judged like they were judged? Why? And why not somebody else in, in, in the church following them? Why weren't all you know, people just dropping dead day after day after day and month after month after month? Because they were the first ones to commit an offense against God. So therefore, God said, because you're the first, you die because I've got to make an example of you and let everybody know that follows you that I am a holy God. And that if I bring immediate judgment upon this sin, I will uh, judge sin and punish sin eventually. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter if it's me. It doesn't matter if it's you. It doesn't matter. God is not partial. Somebody say amen. God doesn't play favorites. Are you here? So that God has assured me that if I do what Ananias and Sapphira did, the judgment of God is upon me. If I do what Nadab and Abihu did, the judgment of God is upon me. It is a sure thing. But I, but I thought I'm redeemed by the blood and a child of God. I am. But God still will judge us. Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. Now, the scripture says, do you understand that first principle? And I'll give you some more examples as we go through the word of God. How many of y'all see the holiness of God here today? Somebody say God is holy. That means he hates sin. He hates sin. Woo, come on. Amen. See, anyway, anyhow, anywhere is not right. You've got to do it God's way. Now, the Bible, look at this. This is interesting to me because the Bible says, Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh unto me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And the Bible says, And Aaron held his peace. This is his flesh and blood. These are his sons. God's fire had just come in there and consumed them. He's the high priest. But the Bible says Aaron holds his peace. He doesn't say one word. Come on, somebody. He, say, let's say it with me. And Aaron held his peace. Okay. Isn't that interesting? I mean, if it was your kids killed in church, what would you do? You'd probably start, uh, start a protest. <laughs> You'd protest what happened in church Sunday morning. I'm not going to try to be uh, politically minded this morning. I'm going to preach you the word. I'm just going to tell you the truth, okay? See, unless you're spiritually minded like Aaron... You would have been a protester. You would have walked up to God and said, God, why'd you do that? I'm your high priest. These are your priests. They're my sons. They were commissioned. They were called. They were anointed. The blood is applied. How could you do that to me, God? Are you here? Let's bring it down into, the, into a local church situation. When God brings judgment upon individuals in churches for sin, 
and certain things begin to happen in their lives or they end up being, they're no longer in the house of the Lord for a certain reason. How do we respond to that? Do we go before God and start protesting? God, God, why? Oh, come on, somebody. It is only the spiritual person who will understand that God is holy and that God is in a process of purifying his church. That means if he's got to clean, if he got to get the preacher out, he'll do that. I am not exempt, and you are not either. Do you understand that? God is a holy God. So that's why I want to tell you something right now. I guard my life very carefully, not enough, but I guard my life very carefully not to get in, caught up in immoralities or things like that that I know that will bring the judgment of God upon me. I am not a man who is exempt from the wrath of God. I must walk holy before God. I must walk clean before God. I Listen, my own weaknesses cause me to want to stop doing what I am doing. My own weaknesses. Do you understand that? My own understanding that I am not worthy to stand and preach to a congregation of people. That I am not worthy to preach the word of the Lord to you is a constant thorn in my side that allows me to know hey do you really need to be in the place that you are only the call of God keeps me here I'm telling you that because I know and sometimes I go before God and I say God how in the world can you use men to pastor your churches how can you use us God when I look at the awesome holiness and perfection of God that I see in His Word, and I stand amazed, I say, God, how can you use us to preach your Word, God? If we live perfect lives, we still have infirmity before you. How can we do it, God? And then last night, the Word of the Lord came to me, and He said this, My son was perfect, and they crucified him on a cross. He said, If you were a perfect individual, they would know you to a cross. He said, I'm using you in your infirmities and your weaknesses because they can relate to you. Somebody say amen. I recognize this awesome, awesome call upon me and upon this assembly and upon you individually. It's always before me. But I am trusting that God knows what he's doing, that he knows who to call and who to use. Are you with me today? I trust God today. I'm trusting in his blood. I'm trusting in his forgiveness. I'm trusting in his anointing for strength. I'm trusting God, but yet standing at the same time and looking at the awesome holiness of God and saying how God can we come before you Lord we are a people who have unclean lips God forgive us cleanse us I don't care if you are a prophet like Isaiah when you get a glimpse of the holiness of God you'll say woe is me I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips from my eyes I've seen the Lord of glory when you get a glimpse of him I don't care if you're a prophet when you get a glimpse of his holiness I don't care if you're a priest when you get a glimpse of him you bow your head in shame and say woe is me for I am undone I don't have it all together God I don't have all the pieces of the puzzle fitly framed together I'm undone God and the more I stay in his presence and the more I stay in his word the more I cry out woe is me God I'm undone I don't have it together the problem is 
is that we can get so full of self-righteousness that we don't see our own weaknesses in the presence of a holy God. And we think a preacher that talks like this is weird and strange. But I'm here to tell you today, you need to get a glimpse of God again. You need to see his holiness all over again. And you'll understand that I recognize I am not worthy to do what I am doing. And you are not worthy to be in the presence of God today. He is holy. John on the Isle of Patmos, when he got a glimpse of the glorified Holy Christ, fell at his feet as a dead man. He got a vision of the Lord. He was a prophet of God, representation of the last faith church. Listen to me today, church. We need to get a vision again of the holiness of God. We need to get a vision of God's power and his strength again. And we'll begin to walk in awe and reverence and holiness before him, knowing that we need to walk before him softly. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trusting the Lord. How about you? My, 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 my. How people can go into the ministry, uh, uh, you know, just for occupation reasons, not having a call of God on their life. They are bringing strange fire every time they stand in the congregation of the people of God because they are not called by God. They are not commanded by God to do it. I'm going to preach the word of the Lord to you today whether you like it or not. There are preachers who are bringing strange fire to people because they're standing in the pulpit only for occupation reasons and there is no call upon their lives. Somebody say praise the Lord. It's a serious thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. Are you with me? The Bible says that the wrath of God is his strange work. I feel strange even preaching it to you today because God says it's strange to him to have to do that. But it's nonetheless in the word of the Lord and we need to fear God. Listen to me. You need to get a glimpse of sin. You need to see the results of sin in life before you begin in sin and live a life of sin. Somebody say amen. So when the fire of judgment comes out before the Lord and he consumes these men right here, the Bible says that the sons of Aaron have to go and get Nadab and Abihu and wrap them in their clothes and carry them out. I believe it's because they couldn't even touch their bodies. Their bodies were still on fire. Somebody say amen. There's a book that I just read now about five years ago that set my life on a good course. It's called Unseen Hands. It's about Teclamerian in Ethiopia. And men started rising up against the church of the living God in Ethiopia and they begin to persecute the church and try to burn the churches down to try to stop the word and the work of God and, the, and th this story the testimony was that the fire of God came out and consumed one of those men that had tried to burn one of the churches down, in fact burn the church down, but the fire of God came out and consumed them in our time in our century friend not back there in Nadab and Abihu's time but in our time and that man was burning <coughs> They tried, the people of the church, tried to get his body and try to take it to bury it, but they couldn't even touch the body because the body kept burning. It wouldn't, it wouldn't cool down. It wouldn't go out because when you stand up against God and his church and you stand up against the word of the Lord, you are in dangerous ground. You are, you are standing on holy ground. You are standing in dangerous places. 
when you fight against God and you fight against his word, you walk where angels fear to tread. Angels fear to tread where people walk every day today. Angels fear to tread. They fear hell. They know there's a real hell. And they've been in the prayers of a holy God. And some people walk daily where, where angels fear to tread. I'm here to tell you, friend, God is a holy God. Somebody say amen. See, the love of God motivates me to live for him, but the fear of God makes, motivates me to live for him. Say amen. amen. The Bible says in Aaron held his peace. Why? Why would Aaron do that? His own flesh and blood. Are you here? He could have got all cynical. <laughs> like people get in the church, get all cynical and all this kind of stuff. Somebody say amen. Oh, yeah. You say, well, I don't need God anyway. I'm tired, of the, I'm tired of trying to do what's right. I'm trying to start a servant, the Lord. I'm tired of trying to live by the word of God and just forget the whole mess. And people become cynical. Are you here? They do it when the fire of God comes. Not when the, fire flesh and, not when the five loaves and two fishes are being spread out. Somebody say amen. And in this church, we have a lot of five loaves and two fishes being delivered to us. We get blessed many, many times. But I'm bringing you a message today to let you know that there is a holy God. He is a consuming fire. He is a jealous God. It is amazing to me. It is amazing. I could, I could tell you things, but I'm not going to. But I'm just going to tell you this right now. I know that God is on the throne. Do you know that people can change their mind real quick? One minute they love the church, they love the pastor, they love the Word of God, and the next minute they hate the church, they hate the pastor, and they hate the Word of God. And then the next time you talk to them, they love the church, love the pastor, and love the Word of God. Somebody say amen. But you know what's happened somewhere along the line? People allow cynicism to get in their, in their hearts. Bitterness to get in their hearts. Somebody say Amen. And Aaron held his peace. Aaron held his peace. He couldn't even cry over the death of his own sons. He couldn't even mourn over the death of his own sons. He couldn't rip his garments. He couldn't take his hat off his head. He had to stand there strong. Hallelujah. Representing the glory and holiness of God. Why didn't Aaron weep? And why didn't Aaron mourn? And he couldn't even go to the funeral service of his own sons, his own children. Why? Because the holiness of God is at stake. The holiness of God and the glory of God was more important to him than his own children. Do you believe that today? Couldn't even weep. You know why? Because then he would, have, he would have looked and it appeared like, hey God, you're injustice. You're unjust. No, he had to stand there and he had to vindicate the Holy Spirit. He had to say, God, you were right by burning them up. They're my own sons, but you were still right in burning them up. Because they bypassed your word. They ignored your word. They came before you. Now listen, they didn't do this accidentally. I want you to understand that first of all. So that you don't walk out of here half scared to death. They knew what they were doing was wrong. Do you understand that? They willfully offered strange fire. 
It's one thing to come to the house of God and, and do things ignorantly and we don't even know we've done them. It's another thing to know what we're doing is wrong and still doing it and still come to the house of God and try to cover up. So he, Aaron has to stand there, say it with me, and Aaron held his peace. He has to stand there silently because he has to say, hey, yeah, God's word is true. God does that which is right. My sons, I know my sons and I know God. And I know my sons were wrong and I know that God is right. And I know that what God did here to my sons was the right thing. They deserved it because they ignored his word. Oh, my. See, he loved God and he loved the holiness of God and he loved the word of God more than he did his own family. And a lot of times people start compromising with family members. You can't compromise with family members. You got to stand like Aaron and you got to say the holiness of God, the word of God, and what he does is the right thing. We can't get full of sentimental, you know, we're, we're all, I have sin, I'm sentimental. And so are you. Are you with me? But listen to me. The holiness in the Word of God has to go beyond my sympathy. I have to recognize it's true whether I like it or not. He honored God. He honored God. Now listen to me. That'd be hard to do, wouldn't it? If your own son or your own daughter is consumed by the fire and wrath of God because they disobeyed God, and you'd have to stand there and say, God was right. Done. Are you here today? Read with me verse 3. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me and be glorified. Before other people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And as I said, other people in the camp of Israel who were left spiritual, they would have probably run a protest. Are you here? Oh, you got to get this. I don't know. Are you getting this? See, when God's word is upheld and his holiness is upheld, you have to be real careful because your sympathy will try to override that. And you try to get with people who, you know, well, they're hurting because, well, the church hurt me, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they try to get you to compromise, you know, with their position and sympathize with their position. Listen to me. If they are hurting because they've rejected the Word of God and have been disobedient and wrong, you can't sympathize with that. You can say, come on back to the house of God, repent, get right with God. God's a God of love and mercy. He'll forgive you, yes. He'll restore you, yes. But until they do that, you cannot sympathize with wrong and evil doing. Amen? I'm telling you. So Aaron was real spiritual here, right? Because he didn't compromise and he didn't sympathize. He said, God's right. By obeying the word of the Lord and not going to the funeral and not written his clothes and not even weeping for his own sons. Ooh, that's awesome to me when I think about that. Amen? How many of y'all, now I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but how many of us believe that the cause of God is more important than even our own lives. That the cause of God is more important than even our children. Aaron stood there and said, the cause of God 
is greater than even my own children in my own family. Amen? He loved God more than his own family. Brother Mark, read Matthew. I know I'm jumping, but Matthew 10. <clears throat> he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Hallelujah. He says, if I love father and mother more than I love him, I'm not worthy of him. Period. That's what the word says. Yeah. So you can't put anything before God. I can't put anything before God. I can't love something or someone more than I love God. Aaron held his peace because he loved God more than he loved his own family. And Aaron held his peace. He could have become a cynic. He could have become a skeptic. But Aaron held his peace. Listen to me. I wish I had glasses. Anybody got sunglasses in here? Nobody wears sunglasses. You, you, I don't want you. I couldn't even see if I put your glasses on, brother. Uh, not, no, no, no ladies. I don't want ladies glad I wear. But let me explain something to you. Why did Aaron, why could he stand there like that and not weep, mourn, or even attend the funeral of his sons? because he had the glasses of holiness upon his eyes. And they kept his eyes, they were safety glasses. Holiness was safety glasses that he had upon his eyes that kept him from becoming cynical and becoming a skeptic and losing his own soul because of his own children. Come on, somebody say amen. See, we get we to really get into the Word of God, and we really start living for the Lord. Those glasses are going to protect us. They're going to be safeguards to us. <sighs> Amen? Are you getting this so far? What are they going to save you from? They're going to save you from selfish, con selfish conclusions. selfish conclusions he could have said well I've just lost my own sons God I have a right to go to the funeral <laughs> I'm your high priest God why would you do that to my family are you here Erica said don't you know who I am <laughs> God said yeah I know who you are but do you know who I am Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hmm. Yeah. See, we, we got to do it his way. There's not any, any way, anywhere, anything. It's the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. I said it's the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why would God do this? What is the reason? Verse 10. That you may put difference between holy and unholy and between unclean and unclean. That's why God did that. Because He's a holy God and He's dwelling right in the middle of His people. 
and he's showing you that he's in the midst of his people and you've got to discern between that which is holy and that which is unclean because there's they're not the same <laughs> there are some who walk holy and there are some who walk in uncleanness there who those who walk in separation I'm not talking about people who have not been born again. I'm talking about sons of Aaron. Born again. The blood's applied. They're anointed. They're commissioned. They're called. But God is saying, I allowed this to come on the people in the sanctuary, in the church house, so that you might know the difference between the holy and the unholy and the clean and the unclean. Do you and I understand that God is not into numbers? God is into spiritual realities. It is not the majority that is walking with God. It's the spiritual minority that is walking with God. Numbers don't mean anything to God. He wants spiritual, holy, separated people who walk by His Word and don't try to do it their own way and try to will worship. And yeah, I'm going to live in my sin and do it my way. But God, I, I'm still going to church, go to church Sunday and still try to praise you. I'm going to live like a devil on Monday, but I'm going to go to church on Sunday and I'm to praise you and God says my fire and my judgment is assuredly upon you amen remember the Old Testament remember Israel I, I, I pray today that we are not so far removed from the word and the holiness of God that this is not getting our hearts Israel, because of their unbelief, God judged them and sent them out into a wilderness to wonder. How many people today are wandering aimlessly in their lives because they are walking in unbelief? They have been redeemed by the blood out of Egypt. They're free. They're on their way home. They walk up to the promised land and say, we don't believe the word of God. God says, you unbelief, I judge. Boom. Forty years wandering in the wilderness. One for each day. Have you going over there and start checking out the land? One for each day. Forty years wandering in the wilderness. They are the first instance of God's judgment upon a people who walk in unbelief. Now, I'm with you. If I could pull you around me right now, we walk together as one this morning. Do you hear me today? There are people who walk aimlessly in the world, wandering throughout life. They've been born again, but they've gone away from it. And they are in unbelief, and their lives are reaping that judgment of God upon them. And the only thing that's going to get them back in fellowship and get them on a straight path again is that they repent and get right with God. Brother Mark, read 1 Thessalonians 4 if you would please. Look, look, before you read this, let me share something with you. Israel, when, when they went to the promised land, they, they could have walked right over and grabbed him and 
lived in the blessing and the joy and the victory and the anointing of God. But they walked in unbelief. Do you hear this? Look at they death and about you. My, the day before, it was a wedding ceremony. Victory, worship, shouting. Forgiveness of sins, atonement, the Spirit of God coming and consuming like a fire off the altar. It was a great day of celebration. They could have continued to celebrate and experience the blessings of God, but instead they are consumed by the fiery judgment of God because of their disobedience to the Word of God. Now I want to tell you something right now. As I study the law, and I'm going through all five of them, I've been going through five books in about the last three or four months. And I study the law. This is one thing that is getting a hold of me, and that is this. Is that even when God set before them blessing and cursing, and they saw all the curses outnumbered the blessings if they walked in disobedience to His Word. This is the covenant people, by the way. When they saw those curses, they still went right ahead and did it. So I know today that as I preach this message to you about the consuming fire and holiness of God, that we need to walk carefully before the Lord. I do understand that I can tell you and preach about a message about hell, that you're going to go to hell if you don't walk with God. And I know today that some people will still not listen. Because Israel did not listen. How many of y'all want to be blessed? I want to be blessed. But there are some stipulations for blessing. Somebody say amen. It's doing it his way. And when you do it his way, blessing is going to follow. You don't do it his way, you do it your way, problems are going to follow. You got a wedding one day, you got a funeral the next. You got joy one day, you got distress on the next day. Are you here? So God is trying to show us here, and He's trying to show us to the nation of Israel that all holiness rejectors are judged. Because you do not despise the person who preaches it to you, you despise the one who gave it. Okay, read it, brother. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. But unto holiness. He therefore that despiseth, despiseth not man, but God, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Do you see that? When they despised the holiness of God and rejected him. I mean, listen, do you think that they would have done it for a second had they known that they were going to fix to die? See, the devil never tells you. He just paints you a pretty picture about self-will life and doing it your own way. And he paints you that pretty picture, right? Yeah, come on, somebody. But he never tells you the end of the story. And had Nadab and Abihu saw the end of the story, I don't think they'd have done it. Amen? But they despise God. So God is showing us again that all despisers of holiness and rejectors of holiness are had the judgment of God upon you. <sighs> Achan. How many of y'all remember Achan? A few of y'all remember Achan? Yeah. Remember what he did? 
Oh, goodness. They walked over into Jericho. Israel conquered by the power of God. The walls came falling down. But here was, a, here was an issue. See, listen to me. God always gives a word of direction to every situation. He puts Adam and Eve in a perfect environment. Ooh, the Garden of Eden. But with a stipulation. So don't give me this stuff, well, that's under the law. God gave a command and a word before the law was ever given. So that the commands and the words of God still apply today. I already showed you the type. The fire fell on God's, with God's approval on the sacrifice. Then follow the fire of wrath of God the next time. The day of Pentecost, the fire of God fell in the church age. And then the fifth chapter, the wrath of God fell. The God of the Old Testament is the God of the New Testament. And Achan walks in and they just experienced a tremendous victory in the churches. Oh, man, they're celebrating. They're praising God. Because the walls came down. Oh. Don't you just love it when the walls are coming down? <laughs> Power of God's demonstrated. Man, people are getting delivered. They're getting set free. Walls that they've built up in their lives. Only God can pull down some of the walls we've built up in our lives. And they're coming down, man. But God gives a stipulation. He says, you can't have any of it. <laughs> it's the first victory in the land. It's mine. So you know what Achan does? Uh, God, you said it, but I don't believe it. So he walks over there and gets a wedge of gold and a Babylonian garment, goes and puts it in his house. God knows about it. So you know what they do to that poor guy? That poor soul. Yeah, poor soul, all right. You know, because of what he did, the next, next battle they went and fought, the whole church was defeated because of one man's sin. You know why God will let a whole church go in defeat when one person is walking in sin because His holiness is supreme important. So you and I can't walk around and say, well, I just don't affect anybody. I'm an island to myself. Lie! We affect each other. So they took that guy and his family and his children and put him, put him under a pile of rocks. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. To the goodness, if you continue in his goodness, severity, he will judge sin. Do you understand that? So what is the principle there? Listen to me. The principle is this. First occurrence always brings, first occurrence of offense of that one particular kind always brings the judgment of God upon it. So that when he sinned, what was he trying to do? He was trying to cover it up. And God is telling you this principle that be sure your sin will find you out. You can't hide it. Now listen to me this. I need to help some, some of you here. Sin is to be confessed publicly to the level that it is known publicly. Do you understand that? Okay? 
If it's not known publicly, you don't. You go to the right people and you tell the right people. You go to God, get it under the blood, and you go to the right people and tell them. But if it's not known publicly, you don't go shout it on the housetops. Are you with me? But this man affected publicly the whole situation. So publicly, he's put on display. And it's this. Be sure your sin will find you out. That's, that puts the fear of God in me. Amen? See these examples in the Word of God, Nadab and Abihu. The principle is this. Reject the Word of the Lord and know that you're rejecting it and disobeying it. You will have the judgment of God upon you. I don't care if you're in the New Testament church or in the Old Testament church. Somebody say, praise the Lord. <laughs> I don't care if you're President Clinton or you're me or you're you. Your sin will find you out. <laughs> well, I'm making everybody feel real good. My purpose this morning is to put the fear of God in us. And yeah, we need the fear of God. We need the fear of God. We need to get a vision of His... who we're dealing with. Amen? Somebody say amen. So we got a warning here in the Word of God of everybody who willfully ignores the Word of God. And people in the church say, well, I got away with it. <laughs> no, you didn't. I don't, you don't, nobody gets away with anything. We're dealing with God, church. God is not mocked. Whatsoever we sow, that shall we also reap. We sow to the flesh, we shall of the flesh reap destruction. We sow to the Spirit, we're going to reap from the Spirit life eternal. Amen. I've already preached to you a few weeks ago about Datham, Abiram, Korah. Remember what they did? <clears throat> they rebelled. They slandered. And you know what happened? The Bible says, the earth opened up, sucked them right into hell alive. Which lets me know, first offense like that, immediately judged by God, lets me know that slander and rebellion will land me in hell. It will land you in hell, and it will land me in hell. Just because the earth's not open up right now, you know, and people are falling in it right now, doesn't mean that's the first principle right there. The first offense there is met with judgment, so God is saying a sure judgment will come upon slander and rebellion. So that a man can stand there in Ethiopia and try to burn the churches down, slander the people of God, and he is in our century by the fire of God. Do you want to take a chance? Is it worth it to you to take a chance? Is it worth it to me to take a chance to ignore the word of the Lord and go happily my merely way? It's not worth the chance.
Ananias and Sapphira. New Testament. New Testament, Ananias and Sapphira. The principle is this, even in the New Testament, that the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> so that if I'm a child of God and I sin, something dies in my walk with God. Something has died in me. Okay? And every little bit that I allow myself to violate the Word of God and sin, something dies in me. Because the wage of sin is death. Unless, and if I don't repent and get right with God, fiery judgment of God is coming on me. Amen? I know this is heavy, church, but I'm with you. Man, before I stood up here and preached this message to you this morning, I know the awesomeness of what I'm doing. I am with you here. We, got, we need to hear what the Word says. Not, what, not me, but the Word of God. <clears throat> you better consider the, be, the end of sin before you begin in it. Amen. I believe that. Somebody saying Aaron kept held his peace. What an awesome man he was to be able to do that. To love God and his principles and his cause and his holiness much more than even his own family. Refuse to become skeptical and cynical. Looking through the eyes of holiness. Seeking to glorify God. Not walking in selfish ideologies and selfish promotions even at the cost of his own family do you know that if your loved ones are lost you'll have to stand before God and say you're right God If, if, your love, if my loved ones are lost, I'll have to stand before God and say, You're right, God. I'll have to. Because God, all, in His Word, God always does that, which is right. And I know it, and Aaron knew that. If your loved one and my loved one is lost, they, they're going to they're be lost despite the love of God. They're going to be lost despite... The Holy the Spirit of God Himself coming in their lives and talking to them and drawing them and loving them and wooing them and pleading with them. If you're if if you're lost, or if I'm lost, I'll have to bypass the love of God. I'll have to bypass the Spirit of God in my life. I'll have to reject His Word. Just, are you with me? If your loved one's lost, or if you're lost, or if I'm lost, you're going to have to go over a ministry somewhere that's preaching the Word of God to you to get there. Because somewhere, God's going to put somebody in your life, He put them in my life, somebody in your life that's going to preach a message that's going to keep you from hell. And if you go there, you're going to have to go over the ministry that He's put in your life. If you go there, if your loved ones go to hell, they're going to have to 
bypass your prayers. Your intercession, your weeping, your burden, your heaviness, your crying, your begging, your pleading them to get the church, to live for God. Your everything you do to get them saved, they're going to have to bypass all of that to get to hell. And you keep reading here, the Bible says that even some other priests got out of the way. They, didn't, they disobeyed the Word of God concerning sacrificial offerings that they were supposed to eat. Now, Aaron's the high priest, but Moses is a type of the king. So that the, the chapter before that, we see Moses and Aaron enter into the tabernacle of God. Then they walk out a second time and they bless the people. But they come, they go in, then they come back out as king and priest. That's Jesus Christ. He's gone up, he's coming back. When he comes the next time, he's coming as king and priest. Are you with me? So that whenever they violate this principle, here comes Moses, type of king. Now he's a priest before the priesthood. Adam was a priest before the priesthood. Uh, Job was a priest before the priesthood. Moses, priest before the priesthood. But he, he's, listen, he's, walks out as king. And he questions these, these sons. Why haven't you eaten the offerings like you're supposed to? Hey, listen, they, they could have been struck dead too. Do you hear this? They had violated the principle of the word of God. They had disobeyed it. And the Bible says they're still standing there alive. The word there is alive. They're still alive. So that Moses walks up there and says, he's angry with them. He's angry with them. Why didn't you eat this offering? Why is this going on? It's showing us because you have to abide by the word of the Lord. Amen. And here comes Aaron, the high priest. And he starts interceding. And because of his intercession, the Bible says, Moses is content. So that what I'm trying to tell you right now is that you've got a chance and I've got a chance. And if we've missed it and we know we've missed it, we just come to Jesus, the high priest. Put it under the blood of Jesus Christ. Truly repent. You know, don't just say, forgive me, Lord, and then go out there and do the same thing tomorrow. Truly repent. And he'll forgive you. And you'll walk out clean and cleansed. But it's only the intercession of Jesus Christ that has allowed that. Because all of us deserve to die. And every one of you and I deserve to go to hell. <laughs> every one of us. When you look at the holiness of God and who he is, you'd have to, if you went to hell, you'd have to stand up and say, you're right, God, I deserve to go there. Oh, but grace. Thank God for grace. No tear was shed that day because God was right. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. See, the believer, listen to me, the believer knows that God is right. How many of y'all know that God is right? He's right. 
in his holiness and his wrath, if he can sue me while I'm standing right before you, I want you to know God is right. Amen. They rejected the word of the Lord and they ended up in eternal ruin. It's sure. It's a sure thing. Let's stand. Lord Jesus, I thank you today for your word. I have no idea, God, how this word has gone forth and how it's affected our lives. I don't know. That's in your hands. But I believe right now, God, that we need to come before you and stand before you as a congregation of people. We need, God, to search ourselves, search our lives. And, God, I know today that not everybody in here has got a life full of sin and unbelief and doubt and disobedience to your word. I know that. But, God, I recognize that your word is given to us this morning, Lord, to be a preventer of the sin nature inside of us coming up and deceiving us into thinking, God, that we will get away with anything. We need your blood, your grace, and your mercy right now to come on us. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. If you would just come right now at this time. Angie, if you could get a song or so together. Let's, how about the song, uh, Enthroned? We enthrone you. Oh, God. <clears throat> Let's gather around the front if we could. Let's just talk to the Lord right now. I don't know about you, but as I looked at this message and I saw after we studied the book of Leviticus and we saw the sacrifices we saw the high priest we saw the garments of beauty and glory we saw all those wonderful things and then on the background of all of those beautiful things I see this dark time in this nation's history as I saw that I was stirred in my heart and I had to go before the Lord in contrition and say God search me O God and see if there be any wicked way in me O Lord Dear God, because I want to walk pleasing before you. I want to live holy. I want to know you, God. And I want to understand that your principles and your word and your holiness mean more than even life itself. In Jesus' name, God, I pray for this church. I pray for us together as a body, Lord. God, we're pointing the fingers back to ourselves in judgment and examination Lord right now and we thank you Lord that you were able to answer our repentance and answer the sacrifice that you made on the cross Lord by having the blood applied to our lives you're able to answer that with your fire the fire of the Spirit of God that we may leave in victory shouting God the victory celebrating in Jesus name